board with your hosts matt middleton and kevin rayner where the band is as ferocious as yanni in game six dude oh my god absolutely go like game six dude put in 50 points thank you i've been asking for it i knew he was capable Giannis. Dude, seventh player in NBA Finals history to reach 50 points. Like, when you made that proclamation that he's going to get 50, I thought it was going to be a lot of an easier task. And he put in those back-to-back 40-point games. But in the clincher, the closer, man, he makes your prediction come true. Drops 50. Attaboy. I mean, he's just making everybody happy. Kareem had bucks in six. You had bucks in six, episode 42. I had bucks in seven, obviously. But, hey crazy i can't believe the nba finals are over i'm sad we don't get to talk about more games today but matt i know the suns didn't get it for you you were all over that suns team you believed in them crazy that potentially injuries are one of the main reasons that they didn't win in the end but hey you had six six games nba finals the whole time you were always there hey man i had the bucks in six at the beginning of this playoff run after waning and wavering because of that net series and because of the suns and what they did to the lakers you know you actually kind of had it right because you know the the suns aren't a healthy lakers team so that's why you picked in seven against the the lakers but then they got six against the suns but man i really thought the suns were going to pull it through after after game one and two of that finals uh cp3 i don't know where you disappeared to but i guess like you're it was like a space jam moment and you're uh, NBA energy went into Devin Booker on top of what he already had because that kid showed out in the final three games. Well, not really game six, but had back-to-back 40. Hey, he, he's still young. Chris, yeah, I don't know if something just like his whole game just wasn't there. And Giannis, NBA champion. Okay, Matt, we'll get back to it. We'll roll into it later. Obviously, we could talk about basketball for days, you and me, but something very exciting happened last night. Actually, wait, was it today? No. No, it was last night. It was last night. See, I'm off of it. This is how focused I am on the NBA. (laughs) But, Matt, the Seattle Kraken are now officially a franchise with players. The expansion draft. Tell me about it. Oh, man. I mean, the expansion draft was kind of anticlimactic because throughout the day, reporters for uh, their cities and for their own teams were projecting what the team was going to look like through leaks. So we basically had the full roster before 8 p.m. last night, Um, but it was nice to see it. Um, Some of the the players and uh, special people from Seattle reading out names, like uh, Marshawn Lynch trying to read out Kale Yonkrow, like gold. But... (laughs) It's here, man. Seattle finally has a team. Um, There were some very questionable decisions I found on this roster. I think Ron Francis did a poor job picking his players and and really utilizing the the talent that he had available to him and didn't necessarily do what George McPhee did in the last round and get some good trades out of it. George McPhee was able to get second, third, first-round picks for some of the players that he didn't select and still was able to put together a very competitive roster. Ron Francis doesn't seem to have any of those side deals as of yet, and so he just went with the players available to him, and I think he could have done a lot better, man. I mean, when you have 10 hours between when you reveal your picks and when you reveal them actually to the world and you're not the Toronto Raptors organization who still won't leak anything to us, everyone's going to find out about it. And, you know, the NHL had an opportunity to put on a show. 
make this a big deal because there were some exciting options. Carey Price was available, right? So at the end of the day, they maybe fumbled the ball a little bit, but hey, some teams are happy, some teams are sad. The Kraken are supposedly happy with their decisions, at least. Well, they've got to be happy, right? I mean, they, they picked the players that were in front of them that they that they wanted to choose. There were quite a few superstars out there it, to be had in the expansion draft. Guys like Alex Ovechkin were left unprotected because he's a UFA. I mean, probably not going to sign with Seattle. He'll just, you know, jump back to Washington in free agency. Same with Taylor Hall. But you could have gotten a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, maybe even Ryan Getzlav. I know he's a little bit older. He, He's still got that name and, and carries some weight, um, at least especially on the West Coast. Um, that might have been a good pick. And you're right, man. They passed on Carey Price. That Ooh, was a baby. big calculated risk by Mark Bergevin right there. They started leaking news about the injuries. Um, Shea Weber also last week, we forgot to mention that they were leaking news about him potentially having to retire um he's going to get extensive medical work done and, and test to make sure that that's not the case that he'll still be able to play but it's still up in the air so they were able to expose him as well um keep seattle away from him with the injury concern and the the hefty contract that he has but yeah man they uh they did some different things i think they went with a, a much younger cheaper team i think they only got like a 58 or $52.5 million projected cap hit uh, for the current roster. They still got to re-sign some of the UFAs and RFAs that they picked up in this draft. But I would put them around like $60, 70000000 which still gives them about $12 million to play with, maybe a little bit more. Currently, they almost have $29 million to play with, which it's a lot of cap space for a team that you can just do anything with, man. I know cap space is important, but it's not important if you don't use it on the right players. So that's you, that's the biggest thing for me. Do you think they'll have an opportunity in free agency? Like, are there any big-ish names that are willing to come to this team and potentially be a star? Because that's kind of what they might be dangling in front of us, the free agency class, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Gabriel Landeskog, Alex Ovechkin, Taylor Hall, like I already mentioned, Zach Hyman's pretty good, Philip Deneau, um, Dougie Hamilton's out there, but... They could have picked those guys or signed in within that window that they had. Um, maybe they, they struck some deals with those guys and just said, well, we'll announce it after the expansion draft so that we can still steal one of the players on your current teams. You know, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. They um, We'll see if they can get any, any superstar-level talent. But I think they left a lot of offense out there. They, they're kind of trying to emulate what uh, the Vegas Golden Knights did with you know, picking as much NHL caliber defensemen as they could. They got some really good ones in Mark Giordano, the captain of the Calgary Flames. That's got to be a big ouch for Calgary fans. Uh, he was set yeah. to play his thousandth game in that uniform. It's the only franchise he's ever played with. Kind of sad. Um, but, you know, he'll be a good player for them. I like the, the Vince Dunn pick over Vladimir Tarasenko. A lot of guys expected them to take Tarasenko, um, who's you know, got a lot of star potential, but he's got shoulder issues, he's been injury prone, and he's got a hefty contract. I think Vince Dunn, the 24-year-old defenseman, who's a great puck mover in today's NHL, is going to add to that solid defensive core. I think the key thing that they missed out on that Vegas didn't is that goaltender, man. I mean, they have they signed Chris Dreiger from the Florida Panthers as their selection. I think it was a three, three and a half million dollar contract. Um, 
per three years. And then they, they went with Joey Decord from Ottawa. And then they went with um, the guy from Washington, Vita Vanek, I think is his name, um, who's an unproven goalie. So they got three younger, unproven goalies when they had a chance to get guys like Carey Price, Jonathan Quick, um, Tuka Rask was out there. I mean, they had other bigger name goalies available to them so it was a big shock to me to see that especially because again they didn't get good offensive players passing on a guy like jvr or Jakub voracek for carson taransky or like come on guys i don't know the the hope has to be by building a defensive core a strong defensive unit in front of potential in the net allows you to then use the cap space, sign a couple of snipers that can get you those goals, and win low-scoring games. That's what I'm hearing. And, I mean, the Kraken, I mean, I kind of like the jerseys. They look kind of fun to me. So we'll see what the future brings for this franchise. Dude, I like their jerseys. I think that the Kraken's a good name. I think the team colors are really nice. Um, It's just, to me... You're, you're saying that they're going to go sign a sniper in free agency, and they very well might, but a guy like Evgeny Dandanov for Ottawa, like, yes, he's 32, yes, he has a heavy contract, but you pass up on one of the only available snipers in this draft to go with a goalie, um, I just, I don't know. They pass on guys like Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Johansson on Nashville for Kale Youngcroke. Um, they're bigger names. They're, they're a little bit worse contracts, but you never know. They could they could break out on a new team and and you know, a fresh change of scenery. Uh, To me, it was just, there was some questionable decisions. Like I said, a guy like Brandon Tanev, I'm a huge fan of his, but a guy like Zach Austin Reese provides more scoring. He's younger, he's cheaper. The, what the, the three picks that I really loved for them was Jared McCann for Toronto. I heard that they were going to go with uh, Alex Kerfoot, but I think McCann is a better pick. Um, And then I think Yanni Gord was awesome. Um, he was a great player for, for Tampa Bay in their run. I mean, that third line that he centered was a big reason why they dominated Montreal throughout the, the majority of that. And then a guy like Vince Dunn, again, those are my three favorite picks. And then my sneaky under-the-radar pick for them is Carolina, Morgan Geeky. Uh, he's a young player who's trying to break out. I think they're trying to have him be their William Carlson-type center of the future so so we'll see how that goes but i think a guy like jake bean would have been a better pick there or over mason appleton a guy like dylan Demello. we're talking about them building a solid defensive core and they left some of their better defensemen out there so what are you gonna do man they're they're playing like uh a style of a video game where they draft young so they have potential but maybe there's got to be some side deals in the work right because obviously vegas got some great in a great situation with the picks the future picks that they then could trade and utilize so time will tell it'll be interesting i like seattle i like the name just like you said and uh, if they go young and some of these kids break out who knows right dude the one funny thing about uh vegas and what they did getting all those picks so just a, a quick side note because it happened this week all three of their first round picks from that year belong to other teams at this point so they selected i believe it was cody glass nick suzuki and then um he plays for ottawa he's a defenseman i forget his name he's a swedish kid <laughs> all all three of them now 
belong to different teams. Like this, the Swedish defenseman, the last pick in the first round is in Ottawa. Nick Suzuki, obviously a Montreal Canadian. And then Cody Glass was traded for Nolan Patrick just recently. Um, so a second overall pick for a seventh overall pick. We'll see how that pans out. But for a team that, you know, was praised and heralded as this, you know, magic maker didn't really do much with their picks and they've kind of given them away they've gone with the older nhl talent guys like mark stone max pacioretty i'm sure after seeing that montreal vegas series they're wishing they kept suzuki over pacioretty but hey yeah as a montreal fan i'm very happy about it oh matt i love it right that's that's the beauty of hockey though right decisions the beauty of any sport and the decisions that you have to make having these assets and flipping them for the right pieces to take you all the way. And that's what's crazy with the NHL draft around the corner. I don't know if you're done with the expansion draft yet, Matt, but the fact that it is this close to all of these things piling up, like as a hockey fan, you got to be loving it. Dude, hockey has been bumping. It feels like the NBA offseason almost. Normally hockey's a very, very slow offseason, but we've got the expansion draft so we had the the stanley cup final then they had to release their protection list then we all speculated on the rosters and then we got to see the expansion rosters and now we're going into the nhl draft tomorrow it's not a a top heavy high skilled draft like in previous years i don't know if it would have been different without the covid pandemic you know some guys would have got to play more games would have got to show out a little bit more maybe improve their skills improve their draft stock um but a guy who really really is going to just show out as number one he played with the men on team canada he had a phenomenal uh freshman season at michigan owen powers is looking like the guy for buffalo but hey man the last guy they took rasmus dalin looked like a surefire i mean they said he was a combination of nick lindstrom and william carl er, and eric carlson that's a that's a hefty comparison and he has not lived up to the hype in buffalo i mean it could just be buffalo but we'll see how owen powers pans out the guy that I think is going to be the steal of the draft for a team, Mason McTavish. This kid started outside of the top 30. He's worked his way up the, uh, up the draft boards. I mean, with the Peterborough Peets last year, he had 42 and 57. This year, he had 11 points in 13 games for ECH Olten um, in the Swiss League. So he was playing against professional men. He went to the U18 team and got 11 points in seven games. You know, wasn't... Connor Bedard or um, the other guy uh, who's next year's first overall draft pick, but hey, I think this kid he might be the steal of the draft. Over a guy, over a guy like Matthew Benier, um, he, uh, he just seems to me like he's a little bit of an overager. Um, had a really great season last year. Had a really good World Juniors. We'll see if he pans out. I do like the fact that Luke. Luke Hughes is going to complete the brother trio in the NHL. Him, Quinn, and Jack all going within the top five of their picks of their draft years. Pretty wild stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, the NHL draft, you never know until like four or five years down the road, right? I mean, I mean I'm excited because this I'm actually probably going to watch this one. Like we're going to, me and Austin are going to throw it on at work probably. Let's be real. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fun. I enjoy the fact that you look at the NHL draft and there's so many rounds and there's so many players, right? In comparison to what me as a true basketball fan has experienced with lottery picks versus first round and then 
the occasional second rounder who shows up and does crazy things. So it'll be exciting to to see where names fall. I love that you know you have your own little sleeper because everyone has a sleeper. They have to in a draft like this, right? So it'll be exciting. We'll see. Owen Powers, number one, Buffalo. I'm like low-key becoming a Buffalo fan now, Matt. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it, but uh, I got to support them at this point. Hey, man, it's not – It's you're picking in at the right time because if they take off, you won't be a bandwagoner. Um, and Owen Powers, man, 6'5", he's a big boy. He's going to add, add a, a physical dimension, and he's a smooth skater. So we'll see how he works out with him and uh, Rasmus Dahlin. They'll, they'll have to build around because it looks like they're probably going to get rid of uh, Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and start to, to really just strip it down to the studs again. But we've heard that before in Buffalo. Yikes. Oh, yeah, that's definitely thoughts there's things that we've heard in the past but uh you know rebuilding can be good especially if you can get good assets or especially for a guy like eichel but it's the nhl matt i'm excited for you i'm excited for the league i'm excited to pay attention more you've done this to me matt i guess i'm becoming a true canadian because i'm you know caring about hockey more and more by the day oh you're converting me dude out of boy man you gotta you gotta at least follow hockey if you're gonna watch basketball too you gotta do both both are fun. I mean, they run the same schedule. That's the only annoying part as a as a hockey basketball fan is that they're they're up throughout the same time period, but gives you extra stuff to watch. You know, I can <laughs> I can enjoy basketball when it's live, and then I can just pay attention to hockey on the side, right? It it, it allows a lot of everything. But you watching your nah. on, right? I get it. <laughs> the guy comes on and he's a legend. Okay, after basketball games, what else am I supposed to do now? Anything else for the NHL, my dude, or is it time? No, nah, man, I think we covered it quite a bit. Perfect. Well, we're going to roll in. It's NBA. It's the last real episode of the season, talking about these playoffs. First things first, I have to bring it up. You have it written down right here. Thanasis, poor Thanasis, watching, watching Giannis win that finals and have the moment where he's like, I gotta go. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to his Instagram live feeds, Matt, but it's been hilarious since. But the fact that this guy goes out, calls up his brother, and straight up is just like, I'm coming to see you. And it's the it's one of the first things he thinks about after winning a championship. Like, I was so sad for Thanasis to have to be in protocols and not be there. But just like there, that brotherly moment, and then Thanasis is like, "No, no, you go back. Like you got to be on the court. You got to do this." It was, it was beautiful, man. Absolutely, you could see Yanni talking to somebody over Facetime and and telling him to get his butt down there. You know, <laughs> you could tell that it was his brother. It was a great, great moment. Uh, I wish Thanasis was was a part of it because on the bench, man, he would have been that extra energy while while Yanni was doing his thing. Imagine, imagine Thanasis having been there. For that game five dunk, anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because we got to talk about other things before we talk about these games. But Matt, Giannis, NBA champion. I'm gonna get excited about it every time I say it. Oh yeah, buddy. But we do have to touch on the trade market because it's already starting to heat up with the finals over. Guys like CP3 already rumored to the Lakers. I mean, he just went to the finals with the with the Suns. He beat the Lakers in the first round, and now he's going to join them. Him and LeBron, man, that could be way too much for anybody. I just, I, I love that we're so many hours, days removed from the NBA finals 
And obviously, I mentioned it last week with Chris Paul having the potential to go into free agency, having the potential to to leave. But <sighs> Chris. Chris, Giannis called out super teams with his trophies. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up later, Matt, because I'm so excited for what it means for the league and the way that players like John Morant responded to it. But Chris, on the Lakers, would be ridiculous. Obviously, LeBron is is aging. I, I don't I don't know if you can accept it yet. Obviously, but it happens. The the Father Time does show up, even if it, if LeBron can kick him down and keep him away for a few years. But having a ball handler like CP3, with their understanding as veterans in this league, and if AD could get healthy, that'd be an unstoppable trio. Yeah, man, that that would be an unstoppable trio. I liked uh, the Stephen A. Smith suggestion of doing an Anthony Davis for Damian Lillard trade. <laughs> that would be wild too, man. Lillard apparently officially going to request a trade from the Blazers. Like, what's going on there, man? Pro- probably right as this uh, recording finishes, as usual. Oh, yeah, definitely as the recording finishes. It's gonna be crazy. We have a lot of options. There's with a free agency market that isn't unreal this season and years past. Some of these stars, some of the trade market side of things, is going to be massive. We have to think about Beal. We have to think about Lillard. We have to think about the fact that Simmons may or may not have actual value. And of course, my absolute favorite thing that I get to talk about now is the simple fact that a report has come out about Norman Powell. My boy, Norm, he's apparently gonna de- decline his option, as he probably should, considering the state of the Blazers, and he's gonna go into free agency, and I hope he gets the bag. Apparently, the Blazers have him as a top priority, which we don't know if is the best decision, but at the end of the day, I hope Norman gets a bag. I hope he gets a contract he deserves and gets an opportunity to shine because he is lights out, especially against the current NBA champion Bucks. Just saying. <laughs> man, you always got to bring that one up that Norm is the king against the Bucks. But I don't know, man. I think declining his player option is, is probably a good idea for him. He did have a phenomenal season. He could probably get a little bit more money on his contract and maybe a little bit more long term security. If I'm the Blazers and I have to trade Damian Lillard, and if at that point CJ McCollum's going to want out, Nurkic is going to want out, and then you're going to sign Powell to be your guy, like, I don't know if that's the smartest decision there. Um, so we'll see how it all works out, man. I, I agree. I hope he gets he gets his money. I think he's a phenomenal human being. I loved reading that Player Tribune article that he wrote. Uh, really still hits me in the feels. So we'll see. I just – him as a number one option on on, on uh, Portland, not great. But as the number <laughs> four, three option, yeah, it's not bad. I think he would do great things um, with LeBron as his ball handler, just saying. I'm going to throw that one into the universe, but – you're right. Definitely not an amazing number one option, but the guy has value. I have to bring up Simmons. I mentioned it earlier in my little rant about all of these players. We're in the offseason of crazy. Last year, we had all of these potential moves with Harden moving. Simmons was part of that trade. We had we had super a super team built in Brooklyn. We had a couple of trades that came down all the way to right before the All-Star break. But at the end of the day, we have some serious potential. We mentioned the names Beal, Lillard, 
Simmons. CP3 moving around, like, will a new super team be built? Will a new just team be put together? You think about the Pelicans and how they're apparently interested in bringing Kyle Lowry over because they think he could be the answer for the kids, right? Like, it is a fantastic offseason coming up, especially with just the trade market, let alone the fact the draft is next week, Matt. It's it's crazy, and I love it. Yeah, uh, to touch on Simmons, man, I think he definitely has a ton of value, and I think his value actually increased after seeing Yanni win the championship because they're very similar players in terms of what they bring, the defensive end studs who are limited offensively because they can't shoot, but they can get to the rim almost at will. Obviously, Simmons didn't work with Embiid, but would Yanni work with Embiid? Probably not. So that's that's the question that you have to ask yourself. And if you're a team who's looking to trade for Simmons, can you build a contender around him like they did with Yanni? Because at the end of the day, yes, Yanni is the most is one of the most special players in the league. But Milwaukee did a fantastic job at building around him and his strengths. They tried to get him shooters. They tried to space the floor. They got him ball handlers so he wouldn't have to do it. They they maximized him. And it led to a championship. I mean, it could be, we'll talk about it a little bit, it could be like the 2019 Raptors championship in, in retrospect for everybody who's thinking about it, you know, where if the the better teams who were healthier longer could have, you know, avoided injury, that they may, may have not won. But hey, at the end of the day, that's not what it was about, man. It was all about Yanni. And I think I'm down to talk about those finals, those finals games if you are, man. Absolutely, Matt. I'm so down to roll into it because I believe that Giannis winning this championship is one of the best things that could have happened for parity or not, because I'm going to flip after when I'm done saying this, in the league for the NBA. Him sitting there with those championships, essentially saying, "Uh uh-uh, I did it this way. I stuck to my guns. I, I retweeted it, Matt. He, in 2014, when he was sent to the G League because he wanted to be there and he was amped about winning games, he posted, I'm going to stay in Milwaukee. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win a championship. And here we are, right? But the other flip side of the coin is with all of these players and the way things can move, do you look at what Giannis did and say, well, kind of you you do have a super team. You are the homegrown star. You had a budding teammate in Chris Middleton who you learned to work together, and the two of you were the pillars of your organization. And you traded for, I don't want to say he was the most important piece because I realized through watching the finals that I thought Drew Holiday was going to be the best defender in the in the finals, but I forgot about Giannis and how absolutely dominant he is on the defensive end. But trading for Drew creates a three-headed monster that is weird. We'll, we'll talk about it, Matt, you and I, later because we were, we were discussing it, but it creates this weird nuance where it's not actually a super team, but Drew Holiday is 31, 32, I can't remember exactly, but you created a, a maybe mini super team there, so it, it might force more out of that, but I just love him, and I'm really happy for G. I'm really happy for the potential of the league and what the future comes now. Yeah, absolutely, man. Drew Holiday was was definitely an integral part of this run, but I don't think that they have a super team in terms of the players that they have. I mean, Chris Middleton and Drew are too inconsistent to be considered superstars or all-stars. Like, you take, okay, yes, Yanni and KD, 
but then KD has Harden and Kyrie, and let's you're not going to find anybody in the NBA universe that is going to argue that you'd rather have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday over guys like Harden and Kyrie. Yes, Chris Middleton can drop 40 like he did in Game 4 and, you know, battle a guy like Booker. But again, I'd still take Booker over Middleton. Like, at the end of the day, the only game that they all showed up in was Game 5 when they needed it. After they got punched in the mouth in the first quarter, they came back as a team, and I think they were all within, like, four points of each other. I think it was, like, 32, 29, and 28 or something like that. And they all, you know banded together and finally proved to be that three-headed monster that they need but at the end of the day they're too inconsistent to be considered a three-headed monster night in night out and and be that super team they still need pieces like lopez like pj tucker like pat Connaughton, or dante divincenzo if he was healthy like they need those players to all have good games in order for it to be a cohesive unit Matt, all you've done is led yourself full circle back to why you're talking about the comparisons to the 2019 Raptors run. Simply put, you have it right there. I I agree completely. They're not a super team. They've built this like pseudo three-headed snake that could, if the consistency was there for all three of them, be a super team with how purely dominant is and what he can create. Because at the end of the day, if you have the four best shooters in the history of the game and you put Giannis as their center, I'm sorry, that team doesn't lose a game ever, right? So, I'm, and I'm not saying that Milwaukee will ever have that type of shooting, but for Pat, Pat for Pat Connaughton, Connaughton, whatever, to be literally putting in the most three-pointers in this series when you have Booker, when you have Chris Middleton, when you have CP3, when you have quote-unquote shooters is kind of crazy and it shows how powerful Giannis can be on the inside and you were right about that I I want to go back to game four Matt that you and I were chilling on the couch attempting to watch as the Bucks just you know kept going and Chris and Booker were going at each other and you know I told you Middleton was going to have a game but the moment that turned the series I was saying that game four was super important but that Giannis block, blocked by Antetokounmpo, is going to go down as the series turner, in my opinion. It's as big, not finals as big, as James's block, but the call was beautiful, and it just led the way for everything else that we saw through the rest of the series. Yeah, man, he he was their heart and soul in the defensive end. He really kicked it into gear. Um it showed in game six man with those five blocks and he had multiple others that were you know called after the whistle or or one was a goaltending and he was just a second hair late on, the, on a couple of them and you could see that he was giving max effort whenever he was out there just on both ends of the floor rotations and it was it was something to behold man even Devin Booker going back-to-back 40-point games was not enough for the Phoenix Suns to pull this one out. Um, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm very proud and happy to, to be, um, you know, a Milwaukee fan, a Yanni fan. Um, I, I've told you about this guy when he got drafted. My, my papu mm-hmm. literally showed me his name in the Greek newspaper and was like, hey, Yanni, that's my name. Me and Yanni, he got drafted. 15th overall, let's go. And it was, you know, me at the time thinking, oh, it's just a Greek kid getting drafted 15th overall. He might pan out, he might not pan out. But, oh, kid's a stud. 
He's an NBA champion at 26 years old, before LeBron James, before Michael Jordan. Does he have a chance to be the GOAT, my friend? I mean, with an all-time Game 6 performance, like what he put up, because we have to talk about that Game 6, he's putting himself into the conversation. Obviously, at a young age, you can't be considered at that level with players like Jordan, who's no longer in the game, with players like LeBron, who is ending his illustrious career, even with players like Kobe, right? Like, at the end of the day, there's so much timeline left to watch. But Matt, this Game 6 performance reminds me, I told it to you at the time, reminds me of that game against Boston for LeBron. It's a little different, which, you know, the shooting of LeBron versus of Giannis, but the way he came out, put his head down, absolutely you know, mean mugged his way to 50 points in a closeout finals game to go 1-0, to win the ring, to say, I did it, to absolutely take advantage when it when it matters most. Because at the end of the day, injuries aside, regardless, the Bucks made a run. And yeah, they had to go through the Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals, which... Fair. A lot of media is actually like, they're going to be great next year, which they have the potential to. They spent the money. Trey Young is amazing. But it was down to that net series. It was down to the Game 7. I still can't believe the shot that Kevin Durant made in that game. This close, Matt! And and, and I'll be honest, I think KD could have probably done it as well, right? Which is why it's like that 2019 Raptors run. Which is why it's like what Kawhi did. It's a superstar taking his team all the way, getting through all the barriers, having that unreal second round game seven moment, except it was Kawhi hitting the shot versus KD almost hitting the shot, right? Like, this is the beauty of the NBA. This is the beauty of basketball. Like, there's some type of basketball gods out there that are just absolutely loving what they get to watch the ball don't lie moments like wow man i loved i loved this series it absolutely delivered and game six was a banger to the core absolute man absolute banger um i couldn't believe they were gonna pull it out after they came out in, in the first quarter it was almost like a reversal of game five in the first half where they came out and they dropped 29 to 16 against phoenix and then phoenix came out and it was like they had 11 points or something until the two minute mark of the of the second quarter milwaukee did like they came out and they were down five points at half but Yanni was like, nah, man, get on my back. I'm going to drag you guys to this championship. We need it. And he, he you said it, you know, Kawhi and, and the Raptors taught him the Canadian sweep, you know, where you give the, the other two guys two games, you know, make them feel good and then just reverse sweep them. But, uh, yeah, he pulled it off, man. And it was, to me, watching him celebrate was something unique because he was almost not that excited he felt relief almost i think when he was sitting on the bench looking up and crying of tears of joy and he he didn't let out the the excitement and the the emotion that a lot of nba players do and and during his his questioning speech and when they were talking about you know chris middleton he he looks at him and he goes you know we got to go do this next year man he's already in next year's mindset he's already on to the next one he's 
one of three players ever to win finals MVP, defensive player of the year, and MVP, joining Hakeem and MJ. He's the only player in finals history to average over 30, over 10, and 5 on 60% shooting from the field. Like, that is some crazy efficiency, some crazy stat stuffing, and he's the king, man. I mean, at least at this point, he is the equivalent of Kawhi's king in 2019, where Yes, LeBron is still out there and, and could be talked about as the best player in basketball. Yes, KD is out there. And, you know, people say if, if KD was healthy in that series or if KD had a healthy team in this year's playoffs, that he would be the king of the NBA, that he would be the finals MVP, the guy that everyone's talking about right now. But at the end of the day, one guy was able to stay healthy after almost breaking his leg in half and oh. coming missing seven seven days and starting that game one finals a little hobbled but feeling good and then pulling it out man he pulled it out and that is that is what you want from a true nba superstar it's it's so true man i got two more things that i want to say about these nba finals uh the first is i want to just break down certain moments that like defining how great that game was for Giannis because you mentioned it the suns came out they had a great second they were down booker actually came out looking like a sniper in the third he was draining kobe-like mamba mentality shots but only a couple of them and then this weird thing happened where like nobody had really taken over the game everyone was low on points and aiden gets his fourth foul his fourth foul and then all of a sudden Giannis hits a three the bucks were shooting they were like three for 19 before he puts this three-pointer in and then all of a sudden Giannis just boom boom he's getting to the line he's doing what he wants and the man has 30 points just out of nowhere and you're sitting there going wait what but then a little interesting thing happens there's a couple of important buckets from Lopez to keep them alive and then of course Aiton makes this really interesting play where he he makes one of those classic leaning in fouls against my boy Bobby and it ties it at 70 77 or 77 77 or whatever it is Kaminsky was playing well you're seeing this kind of teeter-totter back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Giannis just keeps doing it. He keeps getting to the basket. He's so confident. The man is, what, 15-16 for free throws? He ends 17 for 19 on the game? Like, all-time GOAT-level Game 6 performance. 2K-esque numbers. I was so happy watching it, Matt. And he just never said die. Giannis, the pure passion, the power, the commitment to, to never stop giving 110%, it's amazing, and I'm so happy that he got the chance to win yeah. around here. I'm so happy that you brought up the free throw shooting and reminded me of that, because for a guy who is shooting under 60% in the finals in a closeout game to go 17 of 19 when that is his weakness that that is the difference between him and ben simmons and what simmons maybe needs to work out is that even though he's not the best free throw shooter even though he has that mental block it doesn't stop him from attacking and it stops simmons from attacking and that's why they got bounced Yanni just keeps going and he's going to attack he's going to improve he's going to shoot his shots that that three-pointer that he hit out of the blue everyone was going wild for it I mean it was a a performance for the ages man I mean five blocks in a closeout game yeah I, I have 
said enough about Yanni, uh, just a, a champion of, of true champions. And I love how he called out super teams at the end, man. He did it the right way. He, it was his stubborn side showing through that he didn't want to leave this team, that he wanted to build with these guys. And yeah, him in a second round pick and Chris Middleton start this franchise on the, the right path. So, wow. There's going to be an amazing uh, shout out Secret Base video that's going to break down how the Bucks got here. But the last thing, Matt, that I have to mention, I have to give Budenholzer some credit. I just have to. He proved himself as a good coach at the end of this playoff run we've clowned him for years because of his ability not to make decisions and while he didn't make a ton of amazing rotational decisions throughout this series the way he evolved utilizing Lopez throughout this playoff run the way that he was utilizing Pat Pat Connaughton the way he utilized my boy Bobby Portis the absolute legend MVP level of hype in that game I was so glad that they Cost that the whole crowd was like Bobby, Bobby, and Drew comes in and is like Bobby to give him the mic. Like, if you don't know Bobby Portis's story and 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 where he has been through and the and the story that he's gone through through the NBA, look it up because the opportunity to come to Milwaukee and have this this chance was great. But rolling it back to Bud, I have to give him my credit. The thing is, Matt, he's got two years now to prove to me that this isn't a fluke; that he is actually a strong NBA coach. He brings this team back to another run and wins a championship sometime in the next two years. I'll give it to him. I'll give him more credit than just now because he proved to me he was a good coach and that it took him a few years and he wasn't just going to come in like a Nick Nurse, like a Steve Kerr, and take a contending team all the way with just that last little bit you need from your coaching staff, right? Yeah. I, he did have some good moments in the finals, man. I still don't think that he's the best coach for them. I think they, they could still go get a better coach at this point. Not that they will, because he, he's an NBA champion now. and We'll see how it pans out, but I think you're right, man. I think in two years, if they don't win another championship, he's probably done. Um, which is maybe a good thing for Yanni's career, but... Maybe this was the mental block that Yanni needed to get over, man. He hit he hit a three. He hit free throws. You know, maybe he goes into the offseason relaxed and calm, and he comes back next season not so tight and not so in his head, and, and is just an even more dominating player because he can actually shoot the jumpers. That would be scary. And it's, and it's not even just Giannis. It's Chris Middleton. It's Drew Holiday. All of these players are champions now, and that's why I made the pseudo super team comment because if their consistency was online at like a true supporting cast star level right they could come back and be disgusting next year if chris middleton hits all more of his shots if drew is like i'm a champion now my defense is unreal sure i can drain this three no problem right like that's the beauty of winning a championship that's why we love what it did to the raptors organization and some of our young players and Matt, we'll have a really quick Raptors chat this week because we're going to go into it a lot next week right before the draft because it's a week away, Matt. We're yeah, a week man. away. I'm done with the NBA Finals. If you are, let's have a little quick chat. Draft next Thursday, buddy. Um, it looks like Kate and, and Green are going to go number one and two, which leaves the Cavs with Mobley or Suggs. Uh, depending on if they can trade Colin Sexton's, they might go with Suggs, which would give us Mobley. I think 
out of the two of them, I prefer Mobley. Um, but we're going to be left with whatever they give us. And so uh, maybe I, I still like the idea of trading down. But hey, man, where, where's your head at? Uh, I'm in a weird place because obviously you kind of made me realize that I did want green as that like we couldn't we didn't get Cade. Mobley is obviously the right fit, but is he a James Wiseman situation where maybe we're looking at trading him in a few years because he's not exactly what we need in the center? Suggs is is hard because I like Suggs, but is he it does he have the it factor? If we were like fade for Cade and we get Suggs and five years later we're like, oh look at Cade, right? Like that makes us sad. You know how I felt about Kuminga and Scotty Barnes. They're players that I like. So, yeah, like it's weird. It really is weird. And I, and I'm going to have to really take a deep dive myself over the next week and think about it because I, like Scotty Barnes is the type of player that fits into our rotation with his defense. And yep. he has offensive potential. Kuminga gives us length and options, but can can he help us with scoring as much as we need? Like, there's there's so many options, but at the end of the day, Matt, we moved up in the draft, and we have the opportunity to be thinking this, to get assets, to go back to seven, even like wild, wild. I feel weird as a Raptors fan with all of these options and this potential, and with the organization that we have, with what they've shown us. Let's go, Matt. It's gonna be a good week. Yeah, it's gonna be a fantastic week. I think we end up taking Suggs. Uh, we probably stick it for and don't get a trade done. But I would have loved Green just because, you're right, we do need scoring help. That is our biggest issue, scoring in the half court. And he would have been the player to do it. But, hey, we'll see what we can get. We'll see how it goes down. We're both going to do some extra research this week, come back and talk about it before the draft next week. Um, Man, I think it was a a great, great finals. And I'm excited to talk about the NBA offseason. It's crazy that this is our second NBA offseason already, my friend. Yeah, we, uh, we're we here. It's wild, but uh, we're going to have so much to talk about over the next few weeks. Tons to break down. Off-season is like sad and fun because speculation is something that I am obsessed with at this point in time. But Matt, shall we roll into some predictions? Yeah, buddy. Uh, you want to go first or do you want to hear that the Seattle Kraken probably don't make the playoffs next year? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you just revealed your hand right there. Uh-oh. but. <laughs> on my side of things, you know, you mentioned it that we probably are going to take Suggs and not move out. I just have some kind of feeling right now with the way that the top of this draft is and with, with the potential of Cade and with, you know, all of the rumors around Green going second, like somebody's going to want to trade in or out, even if it's three or five. Somebody in the top five is not going to ha- be going to the team that everyone thinks they are right now. That's just, that's my inkling at this time. Yeah. Um, you know, man, there's always big trades in the NBA, so that's a, a pretty good prediction. But no Seattle Kraken, man, definitely not making the playoffs. I, I I felt it about the Vegas Golden Knights, and, I mean, everyone did, and they were wrong. But there's no Marc-Andre Fleury to really kind of back them up this time. He was spectacular in that run to the playoffs and to the finals. They could have had Carey Price. They could have had Tuka Rask. They could have had Jonathan Quick. Like, whatever, we'll see. Chris Dreiser had a great year, but as a 27-year-old journeyman backup ufa like you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket there's a reason he only got three and a half million for three years after having a phenomenal season this year right yeah i can't disagree with you there hey 
the Seattle might have something cooking that just nobody else has found out about. With all the leaks that we saw, maybe something is absolutely hidden, buried 10, 30, 100 feet down under, but that might be where the Kraken's playoff chances are going. But <laughs> I digress. Anything else, my dude? Nah, man, you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.